Three Your Mind, a provider of enterprise software for automating additive manufacturing workflows, secures a $5.5 million investment through a Series A funding. Dimension, a Munich-based tech company advancing additive manufacturing finishing systems, raises $14 million in Series B funding. Lightforce Orthodontics raises $14 million in Series B funding to correct smiles with 3D braces. With a collective funding close to $35 million between 3AM Ventures-backed startups in less than one month, a few questions come to our mind. Is 3D printing a recession-proof technology? If not, what is that the industry is doing right to become a favorite amongst venture capitalists in these testing times? What role does innovation play in this success story? Welcome to the fourth episode of AM Infocast series on business innovation in 3D printing with me, Aditya Chandavarkar and Abhishek Kokan. Our guest on today's episode cracks the code for you on these very burning questions. Introducing Arno Haig, Chief Venture Officer at AM Ventures holding GMPH. With a career spanning close to 20 years, working in some of the biggest names in the 3D printing industry, including Trumpf and EOS. Mr. Held joined AM Ventures in 2015. Apart from AM Ventures, Arno is also a part of the board of directors for a few companies including Dimension and Conflex Technologies. So let's begin. So welcome Arno for today's podcast. It's great to have you here today for the session. Thank you very much, Aditya. It's a big pleasure. Thanks for having me. So to start off, uh, you know, our today's uh, interview, it's, it's one question which I'd like to ask is, you know, many investment firms, including AM Ventures, now vouch for partnerships as a stepping stone to growth. You know, in fact, guests on three of our previous podcast episodes, including Tuan from Arevo uh, in the first episode, shared the same viewpoint. Is this a tactic to stay afloat during recession? Or apart from partnerships, what is your advice to them to stay afloat and emerge stronger from this? Well, in my opinion, it's not only a tactic for for the recession. It's actually par- partnership is uh, the basic idea on which the entire founding of AM Ventures five years ago was based on, um, actually. So um, back in 2014, when we had the first ideas of uh, supporting startups, um, Johann Oberhofer and I, who started AM Ventures with a generous backing of the Langer family, we said that we are convinced that with a with a good network, with good support, industry know-how, um, experts, um, you can accelerate startups and um, enable a faster growth and higher likelihood for success uh, for startups. So um, it's not only a consequence of the recession in my opinion it's in my opinion how great successful startups are being created uh in in general um um, we we said that am ventures always has to be uh, a booster for startups and needs to provide a a fertile uh, breeding ground um, to provide uh, technology, to provide expert know-how, and to uh, um, uh, yeah, to provide uh, all kinds of different support. And um, we're extremely proud that uh, it has worked out pretty well in the past five five years now, since we started the company. And coming to your other question, um, apart from the partnerships, 
um, what our advice is uh, for startups to staying afloat and emerge stronger from, from this crisis. It is indeed difficult times uh, right now for, for young companies um, um, who are uh, always dependent on funds coming in. And if uh, this channel is running dry, then it gets even more, more difficult. So um, I'm also convinced that this, this uh, current situation provides a lot of opportunity, actually, especially for additive manufacturing startups. Um, half a year ago, when uh, this entire crisis started, um, uh, we were all deeply concerned, of course, uh, what would happen to, to our portfolio and to the industry uh, in general. So we reached out to, to the startups and my team, my, my, my guys worked extremely hard in the past uh, uh, couple of months to staying in touch and, 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 and helping um, uh, our founders to, to maneuver their ships in these unknown waters. And now after half a year, we are uh, almost a little bit surprised, but mainly we are extremely proud to see that all startups are doing really, really well. It's uh, mainly due to the founders who are uh, really strong personalities and, and have great teams around them. Um, but it's certainly also due to the fact that uh, additive manufacturing seems to be one of the winners of this uh, current situation. People are realizing how vulnerable supply chains are and the only way out of this uh, current situation is uh, uh, higher efforts on, on digitization um, of, of companies and also through innovation. And um, therefore, we are, we are um, quite, uh, uh, quite happy um, to see how, how well our, our portfolio founders have managed their companies um, in, in the past month. And a couple of things that I saw that they did extraordinarily well is um, when suddenly the, the, uh, the business started to slow down and the orders did not come in as much as uh, they were planned or, or they were used to, our founders started to turn inside the company and looked deeply into what is actually their core competence and how can the core competence be reinforced. And um, um, so this is what, what uh, most founders got uh, busy with. They, they found R&D projects which were stopped uh, for some time because of uh, overwhelming demands from the outside. So they could really focus now on, on developing new software features, new, new uh, features for, for machine technology. And as you have seen in, the, in, the, uh, in, in, in social media, many founders got into producing parts um, for, that helped to, 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 to treat the effects of the, of the global pandemic. And um, with this, they could generate other business uh, or new business and uh, at least um, find some, some income to, to keep, help them uh, stay afloat. And also one, one third uh, topic was in my opinion, uh, certainly um, at least that's what we saw here in Europe, the, the public uh, support programs from the governments uh, that were issued. And um, especially in, in Germany, in Austria and in Switzerland, we um, had, uh, great programs being set up in a almost a record time. We, have, we, we never saw this um, at such a speed before, um, who supported young startups getting through the crisis and um, extending their runway so that pretty much all of our portfolio companies is now 
uh, optimistically looking ahead into into 2021 and, and almost beyond. Yes, thank you. So I think that that brings me to my you know next question, which is very much related to what's happening now. So 3D printing companies are actually uh, bucking the trend. You know, they're being funded despite the slowdown right now. So uh, if you look at your own portfolios or or the companies you are mentoring, you know, Dimension, Three or Mind, Lightforce, Ortho, Orthodontics. All of them have combined raised about $30 billion in various funding funding rounds, you know, 30 or more than $30 billion. In your view, what are these startups doing right to receive funding in these challenging times? I, I know you, you, you said some of the uh, you know, responses earlier, but what are these startups doing right in this challenging time? Is innovation really playing a hand in this? Oh, absolutely. It's certainly uh, 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 bringing a big part uh, into this. Only, uh, um, but it, it's it maybe starts with a different uh, topic. It's it's the the founder's vision that has to reach far beyond the current dip in uh, in 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 the global economy. Um, and I think this is what uh, all founders um, of not only Lightforce and Free Your Mind and Dimension, but especially uh, these three,s are able to tell. They they can they can express a very strong why in the company. Why are they doing this and how are they creating um, value? Um, the first funding round in the crisis um, was done by uh, Dimension. So, and, and I think here we can uh, clearly mention Felix and, and Philip as a very visionary team that knows exactly where the company is going. And uh, they have a very strong, how we call it, a very strong why. They know exactly why they are doing it. And um, they have also an extraordinary capability of transferring this why into their organization. And uh, with this, I mean that they have built a very strong and, and heavily committed team. Um, it's very unusual to have such a big team still representing this, this great uh, uh, spirit. But um, we saw clearly uh, uh, in the past months um, when uh, startups had to send their people home, uh, dramatically reduce work hours and, and ask for extremely high commitments of, of the employees despite not having enough work for everyone. We saw on a very impressive level how, how well um, uh, the portfolio uh, founders of, of AMV's portfolio, and especially Felix and Philip, are managing uh, their team and, and generating this this common spirit. And um, this is uh, this is something that uh, that that makes us uh, very proud. And this is the basis of everything: um, uh, the team. And um, if you've got this right. Uh, I think, of course, uh, innovation is uh, for sure um, uh, the other topic um, because the only way out of the crisis and dealing with the fact of yeah, um, uh, uh, collapsing supply chains and um, and uh, also the, the the challenges of of uh, climate change, um, uh, for example, so the requirement to to be more energy or resource efficient, um, the only way to tackle this is through innovation. Um, to showing new technologies, um, um, making sure that new products can be developed based on additive manufacturing who generate real value. And um, therefore, innovation is, is for sure the key. Yeah, so in, in your current role as the chief 
venture officer in AM Ventures, you are always on a lookout for 3D printing startups to invest in or support or partner with. You know, two questions you know we have for you is one one being, do you only invest in tech companies or even companies offering services to the 3D printing industry? And two, what do you look for in a company when deciding to invest? Mm -hmm. Good questions. Um, I I don't want to exclude anything right from the start. Um, but I would say we we almost exclusively invest in tech companies for for a simple reason actually none of us in AM Ventures is a is a venture capitalist um, by education we are all venture capitalists by accident um, we are all engineers and we are uh, passionate uh, AM technologists um, and uh, passionate entrepreneurs we love to see. AM technology being applied, and we love to see uh, inspiring people becoming successful with great and sustainable companies. Um, and therefore, mainly for the fact that we are all engineers, we um, we invest where we can bring value. Um, and this was probably the main reason for our success of the past years, that we only invest in companies that we do understand and also that we can support. And um, with this approach, we have built a quite nicely synergetic um, portfolio of companies, um, which seems to be a pretty strong ecosystem. Um, but it also means that normally we do not invest in something where we cannot be of help. And, uh, and therefore, it is mainly tech companies for, for an engineer, um, for sure. When it comes what we are to, to, to what we are looking for in in a startup, when, when we're trying to find an investment decision, um, it's uh, one of the most frequently asked questions. And um, of course, everything starts with a gut feeling. Um, um, and the gut feeling is always uh, the, the representation of, do I think I can trust this team? And, um, and this brings, uh, brings it down to a team. Um, especially if you're investing in a very early stage, uh, like we do um, at AMV. We have uh, decided that we love to invest in two guys or girls um, with an idea, and that's it. And, uh, and therefore, um, it's all about these people. So far in, in, in our history, we have never seen a startup becoming successful with their original idea. Um, a startup always pivots. And, um, but in the end, it's a team who pivots the company, who turns the company around and leads it to success by listening to what the customer demands. Um, um, but uh, the basis of this is uh, a team of people that trusts each other and that trusts their investors and maybe also IP, of course. If there's a very solid know-how that is also secured, um, by by patents and and um, yeah and, and 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 other intellectual property, um, then we certainly do have a case that uh, is is right for an investment. Of course, uh, there are other factors like uh, the history of the company. You know, if it's not a company that we co-found, uh, like what we did with most companies. Um, but then you also have to understand the history. Who who also founded the company? What has happened to these people? How many shares were given away? And how who are the investors? And there have 
a lot of mistakes have been made uh, in this. It's 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 surprising um, um, and sometimes also a bit disappointing that uh, great ideas, great great companies, and great teams are uh, failing because of not because of the lack of demand or, or uh, because of um, the absence of <laughs> of a market. It's it's sometimes because of mistakes that were made on the way to when 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 shares were given out for example um this is uh uh and and, and the, the more the more experience we build we've 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 looked at more than 1500 startups in the meantime so 1500 and something startups are in our database right now um um but uh, the more experience we are building up, the more we see that there are so many other reasons uh, for failing than just uh, a bad idea. Um, but uh, so far, if we if we had a, a great team and great IP, um, that was always the best basis for for a, a successful case. Yeah, I think that's some interesting insight because that's first-hand insight which you're sharing with us, and that's that's I think going to be helpful for quite a few people and. You know, uh, 3D printing has really come a long way since its inception in the 80s. You know, in your experience, how has the technology and innovation trajectory changed? And uh, you know, what does the roadmap for AM look like from here on, from your eyes as an investor and a strategic partner? Uh, because it's, a, it's been a long journey for AM. You know, it's been innovating since the 80s. And the type of innovation is changing as we go around, maybe to materials, maybe to the type of processes. So, you know, what's, what's your view on this? Yeah, um, uh, good, good observation, and I, I, I fully agree with this. Um, I've I've been in this industry uh, for almost thirteen years now. So I started my uh, um, my my AM journey in January two thousand eight um, with EOS um, in EOS R and D department, and um, EOS was just about two hundred people. Uh, big at that time, maybe a little bit bigger. And um, uh, it was uh, mainly about rapid prototyping. That was also the term that I first heard describing this this group of technologies, um, uh, rapid prototyping, building prototypes for automotive industry and other R&D heavy um, uh, verticals. But there were the, were the first indications of uh, going into manufacturing and building end use parts and uh, it got really interesting and that was exactly the time when 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 i joined uh, the small company of eos which was already back then the, the world market leader but just with a very few hundred uh, employees so you can imagine how how small that entire industry was and uh, things got ex uh, ex extremely um, exciting when 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 suddenly large corporations uh, started to to look into this technology and develop develop products. Um, so GE, uh, for example, with the, the legendary uh, fuel nozzle, uh, for example, there were already uh, applications in, in, in healthcare with uh, building implants and injection molding tools for, for big toy uh, manufacturers, etc. But it was uh, largely dominated by uh, rapid prototyping applications. And um, one of my very first tasks at EOS 
um, which got me actually hooked on on, on startup culture and, and and the dynamic of uh, of, a, of an inspiring team was uh, meeting a team of uh, three founders in an incubator in in Eindhoven, and it was uh, the founders of Shapeways. Um, who had a very visionary idea back then that imagine that was uh, 12 years ago, or I think Shape was, was founded in 2007, if I'm not mistaken, so 13 years ago. Um, and uh, Pete and Robert and Marlene um, already had the idea of uh, enabling distributed manufacturing um, around the world, uh, providing manufacturing hubs where they are needed to be close to the customer and uh, and and uh, and an infrastructure to to sh to send parts around the world uh, files around the world instead of parts so it was very visionary and very very early at that point and uh, shapeways had a very convincing story i witnessed uh, um, how they turned from three people startup in an incubator to largest customer of EOS with the biggest uh, installed base of polymer machines worldwide within five years. So that got me hooked on the di on the dynamic um, uh, of, a, of a startup. And, and I realized that this is what I want to do in the future. But what we also realized was that it was maybe a little bit too early um, for, for this kind of uh, idea. The demand was simply not that not yet there. And um, people realized that it that it uh, took a little bit of time. And this has changed now. We are now fast forward 12 years later, and um, it's, a, it's a different, it's a different uh, game. Back then, we had five or six uh, different hardware vendors. And uh, today, we are uh, in the startup world astonished by the large variety of different hardware concepts, different ways how to um, how to uh, process the new kinds of materials that are that are uh, coming up. So, um, I mean, everyone who's involved in this industry uh, for a couple of years knows that at some point it was SLA, SLS, and FDM, and that was it in the polymer uh, section. And you knew exactly what kind of materials you can process with every single technology. People still thought they were competing with each other, but today we know that now know that every application has the right kind of material that is required, and this material has the right kind of technology that it needs to to be processed. So it's maybe not even really a, a, a competition of the different uh, manufacturing processes, in, in in my opinion. But what is really interesting and what has changed dramatically in, in, in the past years is the number of different hardware concepts uh, that is on the market and, the, of course, the portfolio of materials that can be processed uh, in, in, in many different ways. Um, maybe um, just naming Cubicure um, with their uh, uh, highly viscous resins um, that they have developed, um, which uh, uh, it's, it's a group of materials that, that has not been uh, processable uh, until just a couple of years ago. And this is going to uh, provide a, a really big um, revolution in, in, in the amount of applications that we, are, that we can now realize. Or Spectroplast from Zurich um, processing uh, um, uh, silicones uh, in a very spectacular way. Uh, also completely a new set of materials where many others have tried and failed uh, to process uh, this, this material group. But uh, uh, a great team of researchers somehow manages to to crack the code and and open up the the variety of applications that are coming 
to us. So this is certainly something that has changed. Um, the number of hardware concepts, the uh, portfolio of, of processable materials, and ultimately as a, as a consequence, the amount of applications that we can finally um, realize with additive manufacturing. And in the end, this is exactly what everyone is waiting for, in my opinion. It's, um, it's, it's the mass applications. I mean, everyone who works in this industry, whether we develop software or hardware or, or materials, we are waiting for the high volume applications to justify our work, to, 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 to just prove that additive manufacturing is a viable mass manufacturing technology. And um, looking at our radar, at, uh, looking at the startups that are founded um, globally, I'm convinced we are on a very good way and the applications are, are, are blooming right now quite nicely. Yeah, I think uh, that, that's a great the journey. You know, you took, took us from right from, say, in a decade, in a short time. So that, that gives a good uh, overview of what's happened in this industry. And, you know, moving on something closer to where we are, you know, how do you see the 3D printing startup and innovation landscape in Asia, uh, maybe including India developing? Uh, any promising companies or technologies you are looking at? Yes, I mean, we, 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 uh, we, I must admit, we have only started uh, to look into um, Asia as a, as, a, as a continent in terms of uh, startups. Of course, uh, in the beginning, we started in Europe and we uh, conducted our first funding rounds in, then outside of Europe in, uh, in the United States and in Australia, um, for example. Um, we are currently invested in, in seven countries on three different continents. Um, but this is certainly not the end. And when we look at our, um, our startup radar, 1,500 uh, companies uh, being founded or having been founded in the past six years, which is, in fact, one single startup every single workday, um, and the majority of these startups um, uh, being in the uh, in the in the Western world, in Europe and in the, the United States, this does not mean that there are no startups in Asia. This just not this just means that we do have a white spot um, uh, on 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 this map, and we don't know enough about this. And we took the consequence actually. We um, uh, we built an office um, last year in spring in Busan in South Korea. Um, with a great and very competent colleague, uh, Simon Lee, who's also been in, in the additive industry for a long time. And uh, we are uh, conducting our scouting and screening um, all over Asia from, from there. And then um, we do have a lot of uh, friends and family uh, from, from our history with EOS, etc., like uh, Anand in India, for example, uh, who help us to, um, to uh, also have an ear on the railroad and, and find out whenever something uh, is moving that, that could be of interest. And in fact, I'm, I'm looking at a couple of uh, interesting startups, one from, uh, from, from, from India, and um, um, we do have a few in uh, Japan and in South Korea, uh, which uh, could become interesting. But so far, we have not done an investment. But I'm, I'm convinced looking at the numbers increasing and uh, and uh, the business ramping up and the world hopefully getting back into shape uh, in the foreseeable future again. This is only a matter of time. 
um, until uh, we find something there. And I'm, I'm convinced that uh, this also needs more activity um, from, from our side in the respective markets uh, on the Asian continent. It's of course, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's very uh, promising. It's um, uh, the, the dynamic that we see in, in Asian startups is almost overwhelming. The, the speed at which uh, companies uh, are being founded and how quickly technology is being uh, developed. So I'm convinced that we, we will see a lot of promising technology coming from the Asian continent and also particularly from India in the future. That's good to know. I think uh, it's, it's interesting to know that you already, you know, working or talking to a few companies here in Asia. And I think definitely, it's, as you say, it's, it's, it's more about the time you have to reach out to everyone than the intent, I guess, from from your side. I think that's, that's uh, something very interesting. And thanks again today for, you know, sharing your insights and, you know, thanks for really being transparent in terms of how, how you are thinking and as, or, as an organization. I think that's something quite valuable for a lot of people who will listen to this podcast. So thanks a lot, Arno, today for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's a lot of fun. I very much enjoyed the time here. Thank you. That brings us to the end of this episode and this series. Visit amchronicle.com for more episodes on additive manufacturing and follow the Indian 3D printing network and AM Chronicle pages on LinkedIn. Thank you for listening.